Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, Dan, we're watching these playoffs now and haven't seen an Islander game in almost a week, and it pretty much feels like the Islanders haven't even been in this playoffs. Yeah, by the time they uh, start the second round, Johnny Boychuk will be uh, not, not healthy. He'll be retired. Exactly, and we'll see a lot of uh, beards. And our uh, special guest today will actually be in college. And right now he's only a freshman in high school. Zach, what's going on? Not much, but this break feels great. All these players can get nice, healthy, rested up for a great battle with either Washington or Carolina. Yeah, and you know what's what's crazy? Uh, Boy Chuck obviously is out three to four weeks with a lower body injury, but that's definitely going to take a week off of that, which is really good. And we know like Mayfield and Clutterbuck have been kind of banged up too, so that's definitely helping the Wounded Islanders. Well, I believe if, if, if Carolina forces a game seven, that would be Wednesday night, correct? Yes. So that means the Islanders probably wouldn't start till Friday. Yeah, probably Friday. So that is. Yeah, or Saturday. But yeah, it's, it's a nice almost 10 day break. That's about a 10 day break. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and you know, with the Islanders, with kind of like their bye weeks have always, always been bad, but at least with that, they've been able to practice. You know, it's not like the, you know, CBA mandated, you know, bye week. So they've been practicing. They've been good. I'm, I know, I'm sure Trotz has been, you know, on, on their butts. So it's. Uh, it's far cry from a regular season buy. Yeah, and even if they start in, in, in D.C. against the Caps, all they got to do is get a split. So, I mean, if it's, you know, game one is whatever, just get a split. Yeah, and then whoever they play, the Caps or the, the Canes, I mean, they have advantages, they have disadvantages. But one thing they have going into, obviously, this play that they haven't had was, a you know, a Stanley Cup caliber head coach. And he'll have the advantage over either Brindamore or Todd Reardon without a question. Yeah, you would think. I know Brendan Moore's done a hell of a job, um, and, and the Hurricanes do have a bit of a mat. There are some issues where 
uh, you know, there are some matchup issues with the Hurricanes, uh, but the Caps are the Caps, obviously, and they are the defending champions. And who knows them better than Barry Trotz? Each each matchup poses different questions, but uh, in the end, I think if I if you ask me in the beginning of the season, would you like to play the Hurricanes to go to the conference finals? You'd probably say yes. Yeah, and you know it's funny because you know the season started and we had Thomas Grice who was unbelievable against the uh, the Canes, and he won't play because we have all-world Robert Leonard, who this week was nominated for not only the Masterson, which we all knew about, but a little bit of a surprise for the Vezina, I thought. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, that not so much nominated. The voting already happened, and he finished into the top three. That's why I don't like the way they word that. They make it seem like, you know, oh, the voting hasn't even happened yet. Here are the nominees. No, the voting's already happened. Here are the top three. So they just say... Here are the finalists for the award. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's like so he's in the top three. I seriously doubt he won. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And uh, I, I think it's great that because I didn't think he would end up playing enough games. But I mean, with him and Bishop, they played in the mid forties. So right, right. And then uh, down if they with oh, sorry, if they play Carolina in the second round, talking about goalies right now. Peter Mrazek isn't nearly as good as Robin Leonard is. Mrazek hasn't been their starter all year, and I'm pretty sure he came there midway through the year. And he stinks. And he's he, really bad. Yeah, he stinks. If, if Mrazek's going to no, be he, does, he doesn't. His numbers are really good, guys. I mean, like, yes, traditionally he's extremely inconsistent, but his high level is very good. It's just not there consistently. They wouldn't be in the playoffs if it wasn't for Peter Mrazek, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, Dan, he stinks. Come on. He stinks. He does not. Dude, look at his numbers this year. He's not. He's not as good as uh, Robin Leonard. He didn't come in like Bennington did and take the storm by far. He's he's doing what he can to keep that team alive. He, there's a reason why the Islanders didn't go after him last year. What everyone was screaming, and including us, we we wanted him. And yeah, but look, I, I'm just saying he's playing great right now. What happened in the past doesn't matter. You can say the same thing about Leonard. Well, Leonard's well, had his struggles too. Well, what happened last game of the? What happened yesterday? They got bombed. Right. He was terrible. That's not, that's, it's not all his fault, though. The whole team was a complete no-show. I understand, but you give up six goals. I mean, it's, and on that you know, penalty shot, he wasn't that good either. No, I'm just saying. All I'm saying is Carolina would not be right here right now if it wasn't for him. That's all I'm saying. Okay, all right. I, and, I, 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 you just, we're not in a position to underestimate anyone right now. No, like, I, I, like if, if they get to the next round, if they, which I don't think they will, I think they're going to force the game seven. But I still think the Caps are going to win the series. Which, if they get to the next round, it's going to be because of it's going to be because of Mrazek. Which is which is totally fine. I mean, let it go seven, and who cares? But his his numbers this year, he didn't even play half the year. He played forty games, and he had twenty three wins, fourteen losses, three OT, two thirty nine yeah. goals against, and nine fourteen save. It wasn't awful, but there was how many games? Laner started what seven or eight more games than eight that. More, I, mean, I mean, he he basically had it does not, it does not matter at this point. I mean, he basically had what Thomas Grice had this year. He had he had a good year. He had he, had, he really yeah, had a good he had year. A good year. And, but, you know he has talent. He's just very inconsistent. No, he's not consistent, and which and that's what you need in the playoffs. You get a consistent goalie. And hasn't he faced injuries? No, I, really, I agree. You know, but, but, yeah. for the, but for the most part in this series, with the exception of that that last game, he's been pretty good. That's what I'm saying. No, I mean I know, but still, I mean you're not going to uh, you know go to war with Peter Morazic. That's no, I get. Yeah, I, we're not in a position to disrespect any opponents right now. You take all of them seriously. No, you, because the you Hurricanes, have to. Yeah, you the, have hurricanes to. the Hurricanes face some problems for the Islanders because they carry the puck so much and they are possession monsters and so you might not get as many chances as you get against some other teams. No, you know, and, and any one of these teams that are left can can win the cup. 
That you, Absolutely. You can make, I mean, you Absolutely. can make a case for it. I mean, it's, it's just so wide open. And, and it is. Ever since with Tampa gone, it's wide open. And what everyone's been talking about, how this is not good for the sport, that you have the two number ones out. It, how often is this the first time it's ever happened? We had both number ones out in the expansion era. It happens. I mean, and people talk right. about how the, the regular season doesn't matter. Of course it matters. You know, people, and was, I don't know if you saw what Peter LeBron said. Was, yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, it was very stupid. Playing games. I come, respect I respect him, but that's not that's just stupid. Yeah. I mean yeah, he, he Pierre should know better than that. And uh I like what Bob yeah. McKenzie kind of uh quietly dismissed him there, you know. But yeah. um yeah, so it's all matchup. It's all about matchups this time of year. You have to be able to battle through adversity and a lot for a lot of the teams that were cruising, they didn't have any adversity. What kind of adversity did Tampa or Calgary face this year? None. No. Whereas the teams who barely get in have had to play mistake-free hockey for six, seven weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if, if you look at, okay, with Tampa losing, okay, the way they lost far, it's a big surprise, but lose, if they would have lost that series in seven, would that have been that big a surprise? I don't think so. I mean, uh, it would still be a surprise and an upset, but, you know, not like getting swept, of course. Yeah, I mean, because Columbus obviously needed some time to gel. They, they, they have a Vezina winning goalie. They have old world talent on that team. They have a Stanley Cup winning coach. They just had to get it together, and they did. And they, I don't want to play them. They're freaking dangerous. No, but you know, they're also a very dirty, physical, oh, of grimy, gritty team that, that beat, a, beat up on a team that didn't want to get hit. Right. Pittsburgh doesn't like to get hit. Pittsburgh doesn't like to get hit. Calgary didn't like to get hit. You saw Gaudreau complain the entire series. Yeah. Look, that's the thing, too, is these skilled players have to realize that they're not going to get calls right now. So you just shut up and play through it. And you know what? Speaking of that, you bring up a good point. Matt Barzell, who had a you know stupid, stupid penalty in, in, in game four. Of course he was getting hit nine million times. You can't, right. you, you, you can't lose your cool there. You can't retaliate because obviously they're going to penalize the person who's retaliating. And, and, well, I mean, it's one, thing, it's one thing too, though, like when you get hooked, or held to be complained, oh, but, I mean, or you know, but he got punched like seven times in the head. No, he he did, but you know, you, you got to be better than that. And there's one thing. If I punch you, if, if I punch you seven times in the head, you're gonna swing back at one some point. Well, yeah, but you make sure you know a ref's not around to see it. Right. And there's one thing about that play because Dumoulin had held him in the corner and kept pounding on his neck five times, and then of course Barzell is gonna get up and slash him. But I don't feel like the way Barzell did it was the way. He, you should handle that. Yeah, but they have a lot of dirty players in that team, so I'm glad that they're gone as well. Nick Hornquist, a lot of them are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, this is how it is this time of year, though. You have to keep your head. You have to you have to try to not respond. I know sometimes it's almost impossible to not respond, but you just have to assume that you're not going to get the penalty called. And that's part of the problem with the league, too. Was the penalty in October should be a penalty in April, and that's not the case. Or, or the rule book goes away. Uh, agreed. Or a penalty in the first period should be a penalty in overtime. Right, and that's also not helping these skill teams as well either. Yeah, just you know, call call. You can you can get away with more, and you can slow them down more. You know. Yeah, you, you know, call call it the same way, and and also when you play the same team over and over again in such a short stretch, I, true. It's, you know, you get dirty. You know, you, you, you get chippy. So it is what it is, but. This this whole playoffs is is just been it's been fantastic. I mean, the, the Blues. I mean, remember when the Islanders played the Blues the first time this year? 
They were a disaster. And the Blues were in last place. And the Blues were in last place at Christmas, right? Yeah, and they were about to sell off Tarasenko and all their players. And look at them now. I mean, they're in the second round. It's unbelievable. I mean, the Jets, uh, someone had a great tweet that basically the Jets are back to being the Atlanta Thrashers. They can't get out of the first round. So it was, They went to the conference final last year. I know, I know. But it's, you know, come on. That's you not get a rain in everyone's parade, Dan. What's Jesus? Debbie Downer just, here. I think it's very disappointing that they lost. They need to do something because something just wasn't right with that team. And I feel the same way about Nashville. Something's not right with Nashville either. Yeah, and also, da- I mean, Dallas. Did, I mean, who thought Dallas? Dallas was, very, Dallas was very good. We don't see them a lot. They're very good. They have three of the best young defensemen in the game. Yeah. And, and Bishop. And Bishop. Healthy and Bishop healthy. and three of the best young defensemen in the game. Yeah. I mean, I think the best team coming out of the West right now, how can you not say, is the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, 8-0-2 in your final 10 games make the playoffs. I mean, four four games to one against the Flames. Their team is so young and nasty. They're probably, the, in my opinion, they're the favorites to win the Western Conference now. Whoa. That's my... That's Whoa, my that's one. a hot take. Yeah. Philip Grubauer uh, has been nasty. He led in four goals game one and then two and under in games three, uh, two through five. So I'm going with the Avs to win the Western Conference right now. They're, they're still top-heavy to me. Um, if you can now the way the McKinnon and Ranton are playing right now, they're playing all world. But I still like Vegas if they can get by San Jose. Um, I still if I, those I think that'd be a really great series. But I really I, I said it before the playoffs started, and um, I really like Dallas. And if, if you're asking me who's going to come out of the West right now, I think it's going to be them. I well, do. I, I, they they have the they have the bet they have scoring uh, enough scoring not a ton they have enough scoring, but man. Bishop's playing all world right now, and Klingberg, uh, Lindell, and Heskinen are as good as it gets on that blue line. You have three electric, puck-moving defensemen that can eat minutes and also play on their own end. All right, well, we got Dallas, Colorado. How about you, Dad? Well, I I, I picked Vegas before before the playoffs. I'm I'm sticking with them. I like that pick a lot too. Yeah, I'm sticking with them. I you know I think uh, the next series, if actually they get past the Sharks. And you know, play Colorado. It's going to be a fantastic series. I mean, all those games are going to be freaking. I think like seven five, six four. It's going to be a high scoring game. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, defense option a lot west. Yeah, it's going to be a dirty series too. Just by seeing Marshall in the box screaming like that, it's yeah. going to be a nasty series <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, but you know, we are an Islanders podcast, so we should go back to the Islanders. Sec. Uh, with the you know Boychuk being out, this is a far cry from you know 2015 playoffs when you know. Bishnovsky was out, and I think uh, someone Dehan else. Dahan was hurt. Yeah, Dahan got, got hurt, and you know, yeah. and we had uh, Matt Donovan and um, Griffin Reinhardt, you know, in, in the game, and you know, in Game Six and Seven. But now we have, you know, Thomas Hickey, who, you know, is no stranger to playoff drama, and yeah, I think he'll be fine. You know, just you know, shuffle the lines a little bit, but uh, you knew Boychek was going to go down this year so at some point. It's just a shame that it's during the playoffs. But he should probably only miss if, if they can get past this next round, and it's a long series. You might see him at the end of this round. It's a possibility. I mean, it's possible. If I go mean, six or seven. You should see him back in the lineup. Yeah, you might see him back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because from all the injuries they've had this year, whether it's been you know you know Val Thibola and not even Tanner Fritz, they say they're they're old. Angel Adder, you know, forget about that. But all, all the guys, I mean, the, the time frame they've been giving them, it's been pretty long. So, and they've all come right. back, you know, sooner than sooner than later. So who knows? I mean, it, having a back will certainly help. Uh, and, they can survive. They can survive with Hickey there. Hickey's perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, if he's basically not going to be your sixth defenseman, th- that's totally fine. And you know, he's you know, he's known for a little bit of play play on playoff overtime drama. So 
not bad. Yeah, and if, if they're, but they're, you know, they can handle this team is deep enough now that it can handle a couple injuries. Now, obviously, you can't handle any huge ones, but it can handle some bumps and bruises there. And there is depth in the lineup where other guys can step in. Yeah, and uh, speaking of depth, uh, Bridgeport Soundtagger started their playoffs over the weekend. Uh, they had a really, really thrilling game one double overtime win against Hershey. Uh, when I got there, the crowd was a little sparse, but it filled up nicely. I think they got about 5,000 for both games over the weekend. Uh, and as double overtime went on, I think they lost about half that crowd. Yeah, I, I don't know if a lot of Islander fans came over. I don't know what the ferry schedule is. I don't know. If... The ferry closes at some point at night. At some yeah. point, there's a the last ferry over. So, right. so I it, think that probably had a lot to do with it. Probably. Um, and uh, it was a really scary moment in the, the third period where uh, – I don't know if you saw the play with Aaron Ness kind of sliding into the I boards. I did, yeah. yeah. I did. And, you know, they didn't sh- thankfully they didn't show a replay on the Jumbotron during the game because, obviously, the no one knew the extent of the injury. But uh, everyone thought it was kind of a dirty play by uh, Travis St. Dennis. And it turns out it really wasn't. It just kind of got tied up and he kind of he just went off the goalpost. Slid off the board, yeah. And, you know, he got, the, he got the five minutes in the game and he ended up getting suspended for a game. And uh, luckily, Aaron Ness is... Uh, should be fine and uh, good. Yeah, you know, former uh, former Islander, former Sound Tiger captain. So, you know, th- thoughts out to him. Uh, a little bit about okay. I'll, so we'll, we'll talk about Wallstrom and Bellows in a second. But Josh Hosang, uh, it was another article, and you know, every month or so, there's always an article about Hosang, how he's you know playing in Bridgeport and how he should be on the Islanders, and he's upset. Enough of those articles. You know, it's freaking it's clickbait. clickbait. People it's, read it's, it. It's, it's just human clickbait right now for the fan base. It's so frustrating. And I thought he had a decent game. He was all over the ice. You know, he was weaving. Game, game one, right? Game yeah, one was pretty good. Game one. But the problem is he doesn't shoot the puck. So I was going to say, right. I don't remember the last time I've seen this guy shoot the puck. I think in game one, he probably had about 10 minutes with the puck, and I didn't see one shot come off his stick. He's playing the puck. He went all around into the zone, skated all the way back out, and had the puck probably a good minute and a half right there without one shot on net. Yeah, he. he I, th- I don't know. He may have registered one shot on goal the, the whole game, but he had this wide-open shot from 15 feet away. He opted to pass to Kiefer Bellis, who shot it wide. Uh, they asked him after the game, you know, why he you know, didn't shoot the puck at that point. And his answer was a little, a little weird. He's like, well, I passed it to the guy who ended up scoring the game-winning goal anyway. He didn't score on that play, but when you have an open, shoot the puck. You know, at, at this point, no one's going to respect him. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know what? No one I could care. Honestly, I haven't heard his name in weeks, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Because, you know, we're focused on bigger, bigger, uh, bigger goals up with the big team right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, what we're talking about is hockey games right now. The Islanders don't have any games going on, but... No, no, I understand. I just, he is what he is. This is, you know, he's... Not much has changed in certain aspects of his game. There's been some growth in certain areas. There's a reason why he's down there when he has the talent, too. 
and it probably is the reason why he's not going to get qualified, you know? Yeah. And then one thing about Hosang and him not shooting the puck, he had two shots entirely in game one. I mean, Steven Gianta had more than him. He had five shots, and then Chris Borg had nine shots throughout that game. So that just shows how Hosang is way too fancy with the puck and trying to do way more than he's supposed to do by having two shots on that when he's supposed to be the team's best player. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, Steven Gianta had a fantastic game, by the way. Um, but, two broken sticks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you didn't get any of them, right? Oh, the wish. <laughs> but um, what's uh, Alvo Wallstrom? He had a fantastic game. He the AHL is agreeing with him definitely. So he's definitely interested, you know, going forward. And Kiefer Bellows, who had a really, really uh, inconsistent first year in the AHL, he had a uh, two goals. He had the game winner, both beautiful shots, and he. Uh, you, you noticed him off the, away from the puck as well, which is, is key because the 30 games prior, he was invisible pretty much. What you like about Bellows, you see that game-winning goal. He's kind of the bumper when the play gets into the offensive zone where he can find holes in front of the net. All you got to do is get the puck to him, and he can snap it and get it to the back of the net because no one will deny the shot that he has and the hands that he has, which are not really teachable things. So you love that. It's just everything else has to get better. He has to get faster. Uh, he has to think the game faster. And obviously, his skating has to improve. It already has improved over the course of last year. It's just he needs to get bigger, stronger, faster, and do everything at a quicker pace. And it starts to stop that to be better. Because uh, obviously, his skating definitely struggled throughout the season. But um, what he can do, the things that he does really well, aren't necessarily, aren't necessarily teachable things. So you have to be extremely encouraged. Um, with his progression, even though he had a rough year in Bridgeport, it's like, okay, here's what we work on in the offseason. Maybe we, here's what we work on in the playoffs. And he comes back next year and is a much better player. And it's one of the things now where after you see the progression of what Michael Del Cole has become after a few years, I'm not writing anyone off right now. You give him time. You let him go. You let him uh, mature in Bridgeport. And when he's ready, he'll get called up. Yeah, I was just going to say about, uh, about Del Cole because – Basically three years it, it took Tel Cole to to be where right, he is now. Right, yeah, which and, is longer than most. But you know, you know, but his transition over the past twenty the twelve months has been amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Transformation. That's the better word. Transformation. Yeah. And that's even, the correct yeah, word. <laughs> yeah, and even like Alvar Wallstrom, you know, he, he had a down year at, at, in college. Uh, that's that's in the past right now. He's he's you know. It doesn't matter. It's over with. Right, making a contribution with. Uh, with Bridgeport and uh, what's up, Jack? So hey, Jordan, Jordan Everly had a bad season, but everything gets the slate gets wiped clean when the playoffs. Exactly. And I know how we're talking about all these Sound Tiger rookies. I think we're probably keeping out the best one, Otto Boivula. He's been nasty all year. He's he's one of those forwards who's not afraid to get physical when he has to. He'll check you into the boards, but his wrist shot is nasty. He had he finished here with 21 goals. 25 assists and 46 points. Yeah, and basically playing a new position. He was a winger starting the year and moved over to center because the team just has no the team. The organization has no centers, and he um, he had a really good. He had a little bit of a wall towards the end of the year, but it's good that the other guys have been picking him up. Yeah, you look at you look at him. He's become a bit. You weren't sure what you were getting with them. Same thing. He improves his foot speed. He gets used to playing center. I expect. I think he might see the NHL towards the end of this year. I really do. It, yeah, it, it's possible. I, I I wouldn't expect him 
but before then, you know, because let, let them let them you know uh, develop, you know, as center. Not right. Let, let yeah. them, there's no reason. You're right. Let yeah. them... a- a- absolutely. But yeah. um, all right, Dan, you're you're breaking up again there. So. All right. All right, so... Where you want to pick this up? Um, yeah, I guess just after uh, my point with uh, Koivula, if you want to go, just... Uh, so repeat what I did on Koivula? Co- repeat what I did on Otto? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, all right. Here we go. Three, two. Otto's really put himself on the map. I mean, you weren't sure what to expect from him coming over and playing in North America. Uh, he's, he's gone from like a, um, a prospect that you had your eye on to someone who's really jumped up the charts. Uh, his skill set's off the charts. His size is really intriguing. He just needs to get uh, improve his foot speed and play center more because, you know, obviously he's only played half a season at center. He's someone that's definitely now viewed, I think, as someone in the plans for the, for the big club in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Or even, you know, potential trade uh, trade ship because they have a lot of these, you know, a lot of prospects down there. I know if you're going to trade a center, you want to get one in return, but – it's uh, it's an interesting scenario with him. Um, another prospect who basically is kind of like I've heard he's called a white whale. I like to call him the girlfriend, and we have in Canada is Ilya Sorokin, who had another fantastic KHL playoff. He was the MVP. What's he coming over? He's not a prospect. He's a grown ass man. <laughs> you see his beard? It's huge. It's like Joe Thornton's yeah. beard. Yeah. He's gonna be. He's gonna be like running with for like prime minister or whatever Putin's role is. He's a grown ass man. He's not even a prospect anymore. It's funny, but he'll have one, has one more year in his contract, which is totally fine because Grice has one more year too. If he gets here, so be it. I mean, now with Leonard, you want to get him signed, obviously, but you have a franchise goalie right there. So, and plus, you know, with his, I won't call a nomination. Okay, his top three in the voting for the Vezina. He's the first Islander since our uh, boy Kelly Rudy. In uh, yes. the magical year of 87 88, because everything is going back to that year uh, with the Islanders this year to be a uh, finalist for the Vezina. I guess until he's over here, you really can't, you don't know what to expect. Yes, he's, his numbers are insane, but it's the KHL, it's not the NHL. Right. Um, do you want him over here? Sure. But is he going to come over here? And if you have to send him to the Bridgeport, is he going to whine and pout and run back to Russia? I don't know. So it's like I, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's great what he's doing, but until he's over here and we know we have, I, I don't even consider him, you know, on the mirror, on the radar right now, so to speak. It's that's great if he comes over here in a year, great. Uh, but I don't know, I, honestly, he, it is what it is. He's just an, uh, another prospect over in Russia. Yeah, I mean, I don't. If, if he does eventually come here, you know, maybe after next year, I don't see him playing in Bridgeport. I mean, because Leonard. Is, is not I, I don't like that. See, I hate that, Noel. You just don't hand the guy from the KHL a uh, backup role. You just don't do it. I, I, I'm not handing the starting role. I mean, the, the guy... No, you don't hand the roster spot to a guy who has played zero games in the NHL unless he's incredible in camp and wins the job. Yeah, I mean, you basically have like a uh, fringe AHL veteran back there. Or if you want to even bring... I wouldn't even bring Thomas Grice back then. That's not fair to him. You're not going to start a three-goalie circus. But you, you have a no, of course not. But you have look a, that's that's a that's something you that we're so many months away from that. It's like you know it's well, this, completely hypothetical. Well, this right would, now. this what happens when you have ten days off and you gotta talk about yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when your team's still playing and has a two week break. You're exactly. right. Exactly. I mean, I know how we have Sorokin, but what about 
Soderstrom. It wasn't he yeah, what about Soderstrom? Where is Linus Soderstrom? Wasn't he, he was supposed to be, I know he was supposed to be in Bridgeport this year, but we, wasn't he hurt all year? Yeah, he signed his, yeah. ELC, he signed his ELC, and you know, speaking of the white whale, uh, it's more like Bigfoot and with, with this guy. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's just been hurt the whole year. Was it concussion? I guess I he's know. still rehabbing. No, it was rehabbing from that hip. It was a hip surgery, right? Yeah, so... And Which I, takes a while to begin with, but I thought he would be rehabbing it over here. Yeah, I, I guess not. I mean, with the, the goalies in Bridgeport, they've been they've been okay. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, they don't okay. want Chris Gibson. I mean, right yeah, away. I mean, they're not prospects. No, they're, you know, they're not obviously no. if sort of, if um, if Soderstrom was healthy, he'd be here. I mean, they're they're just basically AHL veterans right now. You know, mining the fort, which which is fine sure. if, if you're going to make a run, in, you know, in the Calder Cup. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no right. There's. The Islanders are loaded with prospects at Bridgeport. It's not the goalie position. No disrespect to those guys. They're solid AHL veterans. If, you know, someone was banged up, they could come up and spell the backup for, for a little while. But they're, they're, not any, they're, not NHL, they're not NHL caliber prospects down there. Carter Hart's not down there. Right, exactly. exactly. I mean, talking about yeah. NHL-ready prospects, I, I, one of the best ones on Bridgeport, I think, is Sebastian Ajo. I mean, he's... Absolutely. Like he's off, he could be one of those two-way defensemen, offensive, defensive. He does both. I mean, he had four. Guy had 40, uh, 46 points this year in sixty-seven games. I think he, he led the team in defensive points. I mean, he's one of those defensemen I'm waiting to see back up on the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, with him, it's just a numbers game. You know, right. he, he'd be here if uh, if uh, they had an opening, but it's just it's it's a shame. But Devontae has definitely taken on his role ever since coming in in mid-December. He's taken that role on well. Yeah, Taze. I mean, what else can you say about the guy? I mean, he's he's been he's been fantastic all year. Yeah, Taze and Pollock are two guys that don't get national attention, but they're they're young stars in the making. They really are just outstanding defensemen. And I got to give credit to Adam Pellick too. We crapped on him a lot uh, over the past year and a half, but he's really matured. He's really looking like a good, steady defenseman. And him and Pollock have really good chemistry together, and they were critical in stopping the Penguins in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been more high on, um, higher on Pellick than you have in the past. Uh, he has struggled Correct. the first half of this year. But, I mean, he, he's been solid, I thought, in the past. I mean, you know, basically, you know, nondescript defenseman. I think he's obviously shown more this, the second half of the year. And, you know, what, what can you say when you finally have coaching? You know, it's... Yeah, it's a big thing, right? You're right. Yeah. But, you know, it's just speaking of coaching and everything else like that, Obviously, the defenseman and the goaltenders being better. I'm I'm curious to see where Thomas Grice finished in the Vezina Trophy voting because his numbers. I don't know. How, his numbers. His numbers weren't that far off from uh, Robin Leonard's. So no, I'm, they weren't. I'm, I'm I'm kind of curious. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's top ten, but it's got to be at least twelve, thirteen. I don't know. Well, well, obviously, we'll see once uh, once they, they'll reveal the final voting at some point. I'm sure he got. They might have got some votes. I don't know if you could. Honestly, I feel like the the best like, could just be Islanders goalies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which if you, you know, want to go that way. Although I still think that Vasilevsky had an outstanding season. So did Bishop. I mean, if either of those two win, you tip your cap to him because they had great seasons. Yeah, I, I can see it. That's pretty much Vasilevsky's uh, award to win, which he should have won last year. Probably, yeah. And then speaking of Thomas Grice, he was top four in goals against and save percentage in the NHL, like total goalies, and he had twenty three wins on the year. What, what is that his career high or? Is he, uh, 
it's either was his career high or he tied his career high. I mean, yeah. one 23 and then top four in goals against and save. That's what, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if he got yeah. a few votes for the Vesna. Yeah, he, he had a fantastic year. He, he really did. And, you know, good for him because last year was was really tough on him. And it's just... You like, finally had your good your good, good goalie duo since Halak and Grice back in 2015 when Halak was an all-star. You know I mean? Halak and Chad Johnson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot and about Michael Chad Neuber Johnson. That didn't work out. Yeah, Michael Norberg. Or bring back Nathan Lawson or uh, all those Peter guys. Peter Menino. Yeah, right? Oh, Peter Menino, yeah. Well, it was... What was it? The 9 year when they had those six goalies? Yeah, Miko Koskinen, Kevin Poulin. Yeah. Six goalies? Yeah, yeah. six goalies. Oh, they used six goalies that year, yeah. Yeah. Dwayne Rolston, Al Montoya, uh, yeah. Oh my! You know, it's funny because Al Montoya. I mean, th- I mean, thank God Garth picked him up like you know off the waiver garbage pile because he was like a you know godsend for the Islanders at the end of that year. Yeah, he actually played really well for them. He played really well for them. Yeah, and you know, speaking of goalies, and we're recording this on Easter, we gotta give a shout out to uh, Wade Dubowitz with the poke check in uh, 2007, setting the Islanders to the playoffs. Yes, that was uh, with uh, the shootout went against the Devils. I think it was Sergey Pilin, right? That's who he yeah. stopped. Yeah, and they, and they yeah, gave that, up. That was, I, remember, I remember that I was at Easter dinner watching that, and I just remember just, like, jumping up and down. Actually, Easter dinner was about to be served, and we like made them wait so, we could, so I could finish watching the game. Right. Oh, yeah, I was at what you know us Jews call Easter. We call it Sunday. So we, we were just watching uh, yep. the game at my grandparents' house, and that was uh, fantastic. And I remember uh, – Going up to the Sabers and they lost in five naturally. But I, I, I forgot which game it was. It was three or four where the guy kind of got screw, screwed by a call at the end of the game. Yeah, there was a yeah, there was a call at the end of the game. Something got either goal got loud or did, I forget what it was, but they got absolutely hosed in that game. Yeah, but but uh, they played well in that series, if I recall. Even though they lost, they bowed out quickly, which was something that they did back then. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, basically like a you know, 16 seed in the NCAA tournament pretty much. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully yeah. The next time we, we talk to him, we'll actually have a matchup for the honors. Yes, cause, please. Yeah, because you know, these, these shows seem like filler pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Way to, way to insult our own product. Thanks, everybody. Oh, come on. It's at the end of the show. We, we, we already got the download. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Great. So you said how in 07, or 07, I think it was, with the poke check. Yeah. There's one poke check that I want to bring up right now about a goalie. Thomas Grison. I'm pretty sure it was Sidney Crosby in overtime this year. Yes. It was a shootout. I remember that. Well, I remember watching that live on, on the back of the TV. Oh, that was an insane poke check. One, one uh, it looks like a shootout right there. 1v1. Grice just got all of it on Crosby, and that was magnificent. Yeah, it was a great play. And you know what's funny? I I, th- I still think people are picking the Penguins over the Islanders now. <laughs> still. Yeah, they'll pick the Penguins to beat the Capitals. Yeah, I know it's it's just ridiculous. But you know, okay, one, one thing before we go, Dan, um, kind of grinds my gears a little bit. Um, if people are still shitting on this team, and I, I we don't need you know national recognition. We really don't. You know, just keep it under the radar. But th- this team has done something that no one thought possible. And th- well, the, the only thing I don't like though is saying that this team is lucky, and yeah. it's only it's just a product of good goaltending playing. Oh, and the goaltending's not even that good. They're just in a hot streak. This team, this team has gotten great goaltending, but it's a product of the team itself and how the team has played defensively and collectively as a whole. This team is not lucky. This team is not exceeding, it's exceeding expectations, sure, but it's, it's there for a reason, and it's earned 
every point in the standings. It's earned every win. And speaking of what this team has done, I remember when they clinched a playoff spot back in March, obviously for the first time in, what, 28 years, right? In March, yeah. So I remember I saw something on NHL Network how out of 23 writers, only one out of 23 picked the Islanders to make a playoff spot, and it was the second wildcard spot. Only one out of 23 had them at least making a second wildcard play. Well, yeah. I mean, that, but that's one thing, because you know, going into the season, that was such a stretch. That was such a stretch that the, for them to make the playoffs, everything had to go right, and we weren't sure what to expect. Look, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team. I thought if certain things happened, they could be, but um, but I was able to realize that through the course of the season, this team is good. Every month, every month, the rest of the league waited for the shoe to drop, and I feel like this team could win the Stanley Cup and people will be, will be criticizing, like, the parade route or something like that. They'll still find a way to, disrespect, you know, to not give them due credit. This team is good. This, yes, this team is overexceeded, and it's, uh, it's playing maybe – it's punching a little below above its weight, but it, it's earned everything it's, it's gotten this year. It's well coached. It's buying into a system, and it's, and it's, it's not lucky. It's good. And talking about overseeding expectations, obviously the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup last year. You finished one point behind them in the standings this year. Only one point behind the defending Stanley Cup champions for first place in the Metro. No one ever thought that they would be uh, catching with Washington, how Washington would be running away with the division. It was a one-point deficit between the one and two spots in the top of the Metro this year. Yeah. No one ever thought they would be talking about passing Washington for winning the division. Yeah, and you know, you, you don't sweep you know the Pittsburgh Penguins and say you're lucky. Yeah, it's you know, if you win in seven, maybe you know a bounce here and there, but you win in four straight games against the team won two out of three past Stanley Cups. Yeah, it's you know it's crazy, but you know like you, you said before, there's always something to nitpick with this, and now with the first round being over and then being played in the Coliseum, we're moving over to Barclays now, and of course everyone is basically you know shitting on that. The fact that they play there already in Barclays, the 2016 playoffs, which they won around there, was fantastic. It was loud. It's going to be loud just because it's a building. The fans who are at the Coliseum are going to make the Barclays Center loud. So I'm, I'm just sick and tired also of that narrative that they're playing in Barclays Center. They really should be playing in the Coliseum. No, they shouldn't. That building cannot, you know, sustain playoff hockey for TV broadcasts, for national TV broadcasts. You know it, Dan. I know it. The league knows it. That's why it's not there. So now we have right. all, all these politicians writing letters to Gary Bettman saying these games really should be there. What they should be doing is writing letters to get behind Belmont. Because that's exactly. the Exactly. Get those shovels in the ground. You get know? that done. You and know? then one thing about Barclays. I remember going back to Game 3 in 2016. That place was nuts. That place was so loud. It was insane. I remember half the time I had to cover my ears because it was really loud. I'm sure the fans and a bunch of people will bring Barclays just back to the way that it used to be. And I'm t- telling you, this series will be loud, crazy, nuts. And that half the reason is the Islanders also, I've seen throughout the first games, one and games two, they kind of run off the fans' energy to help them obviously beat Pittsburgh and Washington, Carolina. They rely on the fans for some of that to bring the energy to them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But, Zach, this was great. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, Dan, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys.